Um, I want to say hello to everyone who's uh, with us online this morning, too, where I know in this day and age, sometimes people like do church or do Sunday morning, you know, Wednesday as they're driving to work or they listen to it. So whenever you're, those of us online, uh, whenever you're connecting in, we're glad that you are a part of this as well and what God's stirring in your life. I, uh, and for anyone who doesn't know, I know we have some new people here this morning. My name's Matt Carlson, and I'm the lead pastor here at the church. <laughs> That's not why I said that, but uh, I appreciate that. And, uh, and it's good to be together this morning, right? It is, it is good to be together. One thing about these lights up here, they let you know when you haven't cleaned your glasses that you maybe don't recognize until you get up here. And I haven't cleaned my glasses, and that's not any better. Hey, we are in a series right now as a church called Boulder Valley DNA. And we're talking about uh, who we are as a church. Last week, we talked about where we've been. We went through some of this past year. Um, This morning, we're going to talk about who we are. And we'll spend a few weeks in that. And then we are going to talk about where we are going as well. So as a church. And this is a very special Sunday because there are handouts and you get to fill out. All right. So y'all got to grab those things and and grab one and uh, get a pen because we're going to plow through this. And for those of us online, you can write stuff down. We'll we'll put the... the, uh, slides up uh, so you can see it. But, uh, but we have handouts. So be ready for that because we are going to go fast. And I'll just say, I, I'm going to cover material that's too quick to really dive into. And this is always a tension just in teaching. You're like, should we do one thing really well? I'm, I'm, I'm going to hit like seven things just pretty surface. And so in that, though, I'm thinking for you, take this home, and there might be some things that struck you in some of those scriptures. You're like, what is that? And what's, go home, open up your Bible, read through it, get more in the context, and, and see what the Lord's going to do in you. So you got that. So I'm going to hit, I'm going to skip, I'm going to skim, go just a little bit into some of these, but there's a lot more depth there. But you're all brilliant, intelligent people who have a Bible and could go sit with the Lord in some of these this week, Right? Okay, I'm, I'm going to say one more thing off the cuff. Um, alpha. Alpha, Jose, can we put that alpha slide up? I'm like testing her abilities here. Alpha starts in, in a week and a half. She's awesome. Uh, uh, September 29th. Alpha is for everybody, but especially for anybody that is having questions about faith, and God, and, and purpose, and Alpha is a safe place where we sit in a circle, not rows where we listen to a lecture and think, but where we get in circles, we'll have some content that's kind of primer for conversation, and then be able to sit around, well, why, why, what is special about the Bible? Is God real? Why did Jesus come? Does he even hear prayers? And, and we're going to be asking questions like that where we have really honest conversations. Um, and so I want to encourage anyone that, that might be, that maybe is like, ooh, that is what I'm looking for. I, I need some of that. I want to encourage you to check out Alpha, sign up. Honestly, we're going to serve you dinner. And so there'll be a little bit of content. We'll eat dinner and then we'll have conversation. And if you come once and it stinks, don't come back. 
Or if you can't come the first week, just come the second week. Or if you can only make some of them, just make some of them. But I want to encourage you. And here's the one other possibility. You maybe know someone who you're like, man, we've been having some conversations of faith or I know they've been interested. And like coming to a Sunday morning service seems intimidating or it's just not really what they, come to Alpha. Come to Alpha with them and invite them. All right, got my Alpha pitch, the heart of it. I was doing a, my, finishing a master's, my master's degree about 10 plus years ago. And I took a class called Servant Leadership. And in it, we did all these assessments and talked about leadership and leadership in the church and leading like Jesus. And at one point they said, okay, we are going to do this thing. And the thing is, we are all gonna have to write our personal mission statement. Like, why did God make you? What are your values? What do you love? Like, what is your thing? Like, God, this is how uh, you've created me to live. And so we did this work on it and, uh, and I pulled it up this week. And, and I'm, I want to share with you my personal mission statement. And all y'all, some of you guys might give me a hard time, but this is what I wrote and I haven't looked at for 12 years. No, I have looked at it a little bit, but I, I wrote, I am created to live a passionate life, rich in adventure and reckless love, which I realized I wrote reckless love before they wrote that song. So I think, yeah, copyright infringement. Um, fully giving myself to God, my family, and my calling to be a pastor. How, how, what, yeah, what do you think of my, of my life mission statement? Uh, B plus, yeah. I got, I got a D in the class, so I, I need some reassurance. And I look back at it, and I was like, yes, why did I write that? And what were some of those things? I mean, a passionate life and adventure, and giving myself, and like loving well, and, and fully giving myself to my fam, to God and my family, and recognizing I had this call to be pastor that actually had nothing to do with my job. It was much bigger than my job. So here's my question. Have any of you guys, like I want to see, raise, has anyone done this exercise? Like, oh yeah, we have a personal mission statement, or a family mission statement, yeah? Phase three of the ultimate journey. You guys go through and do this? Okay, look it. Should I ask some people to share? My mission is to love people by encouraging, empowering, and equipping them to realize their dreams of making the world better. Dude. He'll be in the lobby after service, handing out. Who, who else? I guide explorations into adventurous, significant life. Nice. I think we could, we could be friends, John. Who else? Who have one back here? Were you? I don't have my memory. Someone else? Yeah, right here. You want to share? Uh, by abiding in the vine of Jesus, bringing the kingdom to earth by radically loving people, building community, and chasing joy. Wow. Dang. This side of the room is totally whooping this side. <laughs> that was excellent. That was excellent. All right, did anyone over here have one? Or like, I'm not. Or a family mission statement, anything like that? Just make something up. 
Did anyone over here? You guys don't, don't feel the pressure. Lisa has one. This is spontaneous, but it's just to, to love others where they are in everyday living. Yeah. And I, it has to start in my home. And it starts in your home. Our family, we, uh, we like to say, I say, listen, we have a goal. We want to be the richest family in the entire world, um, which is why I chose the job I chose, for sure. Uh, but no, we say we want to be the richest family in the entire world, and we're going to measure our wealth off the quality of our relationships. Say, so let's let relationships and quality of relationships be the thing we see as most worth, of most value in our life. So I was thinking about this this week and mission statements and what are we here for and what are we called to do and, and refining that. And then I took this other step and I was saying, did Jesus ever like speak a mission statement? Like, did he say, okay, this is what I am here for. This is what I am about. This is what I have been called to do. And so I go to the Bible to, to look for an answer, and I find not one, but nine. That's niner. Nine different statements of him saying, I, I have been called to, I am here for. And so our nifty handouts are these nine statements that Jesus has made when we say, what is your mission statement? What are you about? What are you here for? And so we are going to plow fairly quickly, and I want you to hear these and to know these. The first one he said, he said, I, he said, I came to fulfill the law. There's our first fill in the blank. If you get all nine fill in the blanks, you will get an A for today. He came to fulfill the law. Matthew 5, 17. Do not think I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. The law and the prophets, all of this Old Testament Jewish prophecy and, and, and the rule setting and the behavior and, and to, have to, to have connection with God and God laying out saying, this is how you have connection with me. And Jesus says, okay, I have not come to abolish all of that, but to fulfill it. I am the fulfillment. When you read in the Old Testament, everything it's pointing to, I am the fulfillment. I, I am what God is leading to. And I am here as a fulfillment. Next one. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. Luke 19.10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Or John 3.17. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus, you came to seek and to save that which was lost. Some of us, I mean, that song Drew is singing up here, let me tell you about my Jesus and what, how he's sought out and brought salvation and life in me. That's what that song is. And let me tell you about that. Someone who's experienced that. 
Next one. He came to serve and give himself as a ransom. Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. This speaks so well to power. And, and Jesus came. He says, listen, I'm not here to exercise my power and get all of your praise. I'm here to serve. That's why that class I took, servant leadership, based off a model of Jesus' leadership. I, I, I'm here to serve and to give his life as a ransom. The ransom. I will pay I will pay the price to set you free. I will pay what's needed that you can then have the freedom and be released. He came that we may have life to the full. John 10.10, Jesus said, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And I have come that they may have life and life to the full. What does that mean? Jesus, you came that we may have life to the full. We quote this one, that one a lot out of Matthew or out of John 10. Um, I'm going to have a few more now as we keep going. Some of those I think you guys are like, yeah, we could see that. That's who he is. These are common quoted. Often these are common quoted verses. He came to seek and save the lost. Can we may have life and have it to the full, have it abundantly. I'm going to read a few that are coming up here that, that Caleb doesn't make songs off of very much, that, that you don't hear as often, which makes them just as important or maybe more important to wrestle with. He came to separate believers and unbelievers. To make a distinction between those who believe and follow and those who do not. And it actually separates. Look at this scripture. Jesus said, Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. Wait, like Christmas, we're always like, Prince of Peace, what are you talking about? Do not suppose that I've come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword that divides, that separates. For I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Huh? He speaks, I mean, this is, this is a scripture pulled from the Old Testament and, and he's using it in somewhat of a hyperbolic, you know, like if you sin, cut your arm off. He's just saying like the severity of sin and, and how we should be against it. But he's saying this, like, I will divide even in your own household what will separate from those who really trust me and those who don't, Th those who are going to follow me and those who are not. Hmm. He comes not just to bring peace, but a sword. He came to proclaim the truth. Jesus is getting on, put on trial, kind of a mock trial, but a trial. And uh, Pilate stands in front of him and they're having a conversation. He says, you are a king then, said Pilate. 
He's trying to say, who are you? And trying to get Jesus to say who he really is. So you are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. He came to proclaim the truth. He even said, I am the truth. He said, okay, I'm not just going to proclaim a bunch of precepts or like this is the truth, is this, this, and this. He said, I am the truth. And he came to proclaim the truth. Here's one I bet you've never heard. He came to ignite spiritual fire. Huh? Luke 12, 49. He said, I have come to bring fire on the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. We, um, I don't know if it's too early a joke about this or not, but I'm just going to say it. I'm going to take the risk, all right? And it's a joke. It's dangerous. Um, we had, a couple weeks ago, we had a four-hour extended staff time and talking about a lot of plans for the year and things that we're doing in focus. And I had a friend of mine, Gene Binder, who many of us know, who's a pastor at Cornerstone Church, and it's who we do the trips to Israel with. So those of us going to Israel in April, we'll get to know Gene well. But he came in. He's a founding pastor of that church and has pastored in this community for like 30 plus years. So I said, hey, come share some wisdom with us. So he comes and he's sharing wisdom and talking. And they, their church actually just finished that. Like, we like celebrated with them. Um, I don't know if you guys know that. You probably don't. But I made a video. They just opened a building. They raised like $4 million. They redid their whole building, and we championed them. We said, man, we're so excited for you guys. Long story. So Gene is saying, we're saying, hey, good job about getting that new building and what you guys did there. He said, yeah. He goes, man, that was, that was quite an ordeal. He said, you know, before we did the fundraiser for that, before we started to look to raise funds, he goes, we actually, we prayed for a fire. And it's kind of weird silence, you know, in the room, like, dude, what, what do we say? And the brilliant Bobby Taylor, um, awkward silence, the brilliant Bobby Taylor says, well, your aim was off a little bit. <laughs> and, and then Heather Spicer speaks up and she said, well, we're praying for rain here, all right? <laughs> and uh, yeah, I won't talk anymore about that. He was praying for a fire because he said, man, if our building burnt down, we would just get all, all this insurance money and we could just build the building back like we wanted it, which was kind of a confession and he didn't really mean it either. But uh, um, God, what does it mean, a spiritual fire? I have come to bring fire on the earth and how I wish it were kindled already. And then, and then the believers after Jesus has has risen and gone to the Father, are sitting in the upper room, and the Holy Spirit comes and looks like what? Tongues of fire that, that ignites. God, give us the power to walk in your ways and to live, live life as you have created it. Okay, keep going with some other harder ones. He came to destroy the devil's work. 
In 1 John 3, 8, Jesus says, The one who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. I found it really interesting. There's like three, three of these scriptures talk about the devil, talk about Satan. And Jesus is like, I'm, I'm going to break down what he has, ha, has tried to do. I'm going to dismantle what he has built. Listen to this other verse, because this, this one's going to land in your living room for many of us. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. It says, since the children have flesh and blood... Since humanity has flesh and blood, he too, Jesus, shared in their humanity so that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. I'm like, man, is that people who are held in fear of their actual death, of spiritual death? We, um, my mom and I went to a funeral this week of a friend of mine. It was actually his mom. And so I'd grown up with this guy and, you know, my mom said, oh, I, she was a great woman. I want to go. And so we went to the funeral together and it was right across the street over at Sacred Heart of Mary. And we walked, we parked, and we kind of walked around the backside. And my mom said, oh, there's, I forgot they have a graveyard here at this church. And, you know, churches always, there was a time where the church always had a graveyard in front of it or next to it. And so we walked along the graveyard, and I'm looking at some of the stones, wondering if we, you know, if I know anyone or if I see names. I do know people that are buried there. But, but it was just this, and, and I said to my mom, I said, man, I think there's just something powerful about walking next to a graveyard before you go into worship, before you go into the place of worship, and something that we've lost maybe a little bit, uh, of a connection to our mortality and what is eternity, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Okay, last one, ninth one. He came to bring judgment. Wait, isn't Jesus the one that said, do not judge? Didn't we just read a scripture that said, he came, God sent his son to save the world, not condemn it? To bring judgment. John chapter nine, verses 39. Jesus said, for judgment, I have come into this world so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. Could someone tell me what this means? Because I'm totally lost. No. I'm kidding. Jesus said, man, there, there are those who think they've got it all figured out, and they think they see it, and I'm going to show them that they're blind, and they're missing it. And there are those who think they don't have any chance of getting it right or of seeing it or don't deserve it or they're on the outside. And I'm going to show them how much 
I love them and call them in. I'm going to help them to see. Those with the religious spirit, Jesus got in their face and called them out because they were missing it. Those with kind of a, a humble spirit or a broken heart, he said, yes, come to me. There, there will be a judgment. And it's interesting, those who are so sure that they're in might be the ones that are out. Hmm. Remember, we get into heaven because of who we know, not what we know. So we look at these nine statements and we skim them. We just skim the top. I could pull out each one and we could do a whole sermon on each one of those, right? We skim the top, but we say, man, Lord, give us, help us see more of the fullness of why you came and, and what you're calling us into, what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And don't let us just pick the ones, hey, I just like the ones where he says he seeks and saves the lost and abundant life. Let's go with those. And just push the judgment one. And I don't know, the devil's work and fear of death, that one, I don't, I don't, that sounds like too much work. Lord, let us take the fullness of what you gave as Jesus as your mission statements and why you're here and what you've called us into. So the next one I'm going to put up here is our church and the mission statement of this church, us. And about five years ago, we, we sat and said, what is, what is like the thing? What if, okay, if we need to, we've had, this church has had mission statements for like the last 30 years plus, a, a few different ones. We said, man, we sense God's like saying, okay, want to refine what is it right now? What is it for today? And what is God calling us? So we, we, we sat in all these meetings and I tell you what, these mission statements can be blah, tedious, right? And you like talk and talk about a single word. Should it be this word or that word? And, uh, yeah, Gary, I see you whispering back there because Gary was part of some of those meetings. We said, what is it? And the process actually over a few years became much more of a, it was more of a discovery than a forcing. And, and then we really landed on this statement saying, this is who we are. This is who, like my personal mission statement. I'm not, I'm not like trying to force things. I'm remembering things. I'm saying, God, how did you create me? What did you create? What did you put in us? What makes us come alive? Because this is who we are and what you've called us into. So we, so we get this mission statement. We say, yes, this is who we are. This is kind of like we unearthed it. It was more like archaeology than invention and creation. Like we uncovered, yes, God, this is, this is who we are. And then about a year and a half, uh, we had a consultant come in. I brought a consultant in with the staff, and we did some things. And, and this consultant, she was really, she wanted to test. She goes, what's your guys' mission statement? So we tell her, and she goes, oh, are you sure? We said, yep. She goes, yeah. And so she hit it on this side and that side and this side. And, uh, and what happened to it, Drew? Not a darn thing happened to it. It, hold, it held strong. And she was trying to get us because she wanted to shake it. Like, are you guys sure? Is that really who you are as a church? She said, yes, this is who we are. Who are we? We are here to build authentic relationships with God and one another. That's it. God says, that is who I've called this church to be. 
That's your unique role. That, that, that is your focus. And, and, and this huge, you know, we could parse through each of these words. Authentic, like a level of genuineness. We do not fake it. We do not need to play games. We don't need to put on airs. Bring our full self and honest self into this room, into the lobby, into the life groups, into our home, and that we are a relational church. We are a relational church. And believe that even that statement I made, it's not what you know that gets you into heaven, it's who you know. God, we want to know you. We want to know you more. And so, and we really believe that Jesus came that we could open up and have that relationship with the Father. And in that is identity. And in that is purpose. And in that is rest. And in that is, is, is motivation to action. Lord, may we have authentic relationship with you and with one another. That community is key here. Community is key. The problem is people are messy. We bump into each other. We offend each other. We anger each other. We disagree with each other. And we lean into that. We lean into that. We support one another. We pray with and for one another. We celebrate. We mourn. We do not just attend and consume. We contribute. We are the church. We are the church. And one thing I've kind of honestly worried and wondered about this mission statement, I'm like, it's not like, go, go charge the battlefield. Like, what are we going to do? Are we all just going to sit around here and pray to God and, and like each other? You know, I'm like, God, where is like the action part of this? Where's the action part? We do have action part. I think this is a focused on you, you care about the source and, and, and then the plant and the fruit that's going to come from that is going to be right. So this isn't saying, hey, you know, we're going to go and, and love our community, you know, we're going to love our community better than anyone. Hey, that's great. And yeah, we are going to love our community, but really what we're going to focus on is the source of it. God, we want to love you and be loved by you. We want to be able to love one another. And now that you're going to call us to serve one another and community and country and world. God, with your heart, and the more we can be connected to your heart and know you, we're going to be empowered and directed to do what God is calling us to do until everyone belongs. We, we, we are about belonging. Out of our being with, we do with. Hmm. So, who we are as a church and the fullness of who Jesus is and what he came. Let, let me just take a minute and walk back through some of these statements of Jesus. God, in authentic relationship with you, we recognize and we just accept that you came to bring judgment. That you can 
You can divide things. And the in and with you and away from you, and probably even in our own lives. Some of us haven't submitted our life to you. Others of us in our lives, we have places and parts that are not surrendered to you. God, we don't run from your judgment, even in our own life. Destroy the devil's work. Man, the greatest thing would, you know, the devil could accomplish a great thing if, if, he, if he made everyone think, I just don't even, you don't even have an enemy. No, you have an enemy. Help us see that there's an enemy and that he works. That we do not have to fear death. And so much of the anxiety, uh, the genuine fear. Man, Lord, with the eternal perspective that you give, so many things that we hold so tightly to are, we're able to, to put in their rightful places. God, you came to ignite, Jesus, you came to ignite a spiritual fire. So an authentic relationship with you, we say, yes, burn away the things in our life and let us burn for what really matters. Holy Spirit, come into our life. Jesus, you came to proclaim the truth. And you are the truth. And not just a club we grab to beat someone else over the head and tell them if they're right or wrong. No, you are the truth. And so in authentic relationship with you, man, bring that light into our lives. You separate believers and unbelievers. Father, may we have a heart. <sighs> may we have a heart to know you more. May we have a heart for the people that don't know you. And, and may abundant life not just be a platitude or a cliche, but followers of Jesus do respond differently, right? Lord, may we know you in such a way that there's, we handle things differently. Let us remember, God, that you came to serve Help us never think too highly of ourselves. And, and, and that we are set free with a price that you pay the ransom. And, and, and not just for me, but for all, because you can do seek and to save the lost. And God, help me not forget your heart for all people. All people. And isn't it powerful, God? Let, let me trust you, Lord, that, that, that you are seeking out. It's not just all... It's not the, we don't put the weight on ourselves. God, you came to seek and to save the lost because you are the fulfillment of the law. And it's even easy to say he is the fulfillment of all things. He is the beginning and the end. Um, so let's stand. Let's stand. We're going to pray. Uh, if you don't have communion element, you might want to go back and grab those. We're going to do that during our worship time. Also remind us just uh, if we want someone to pray with, like Mel said, the prayer team will be back there. So Lord, as we look to your life, Jesus, the things you are about that orient us, may we be 
totally focused on that. And in that, thank you for us as a church, what you've called us to be of building authentic relationships, God, with you and with one another. Help us know what, what we need to do with that. And then this idea of personal mission statement, maybe we even write that or say, yeah, Lord, what is it you have called me to be about in the framework and fabric of who you are and how you've made me? And so, Jesus, we thank you for the truth of who you are, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Pray that you would continue to work in our lives, that we may know you more, we may give ourselves to you more, we may serve you more. Lord, receive our worship.